Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is October 22nd. We are here with the Fightful.com WWE TLC post show. This show saw a lot of... Uh, a lot of juggling over the last week, and to be honest, when Thursday rolled around, on paper it didn't look that hot. I was thrilled with this show. I thought it was one of the best main roster pay-per-views of the entire year. It was a lot of fun. Every match, well, there, there was only one match that I thought was bad, but but we'll get into that. Make sure you all uh, visit Fightful.com for forums, photos, videos, podcasts, exclusives, breaking news, interviews, anything you could find uh, or would want in a pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing website we have, including, as I learned, the uh, most viewed live post-Smackdown show of any wrestling website. Hot diggity damn. Anna Bowert's on that show. Hey, yeah. I'm just wondering what we were talking about, that how much of an idiot I made myself. No, I'm just anyway. saying, everybody else, I guess, goes taped. We, we go live. So we went by default, probably, but... Probably, I was yeah. Given that stat last week, and I was like, "Hot diggity damn!" Yeah, you default. Yeah, I'll take it. I, hey, you know what? If if I were to get back on the wrestling mats and I were to train for a tournament, and I showed up and I was the only one there, I'm taking that medal. They're they're sending it home with me. Alex Palowski is also here. Alex, what'd you think of this show? Wow, I mean. <laughs> went from this complete dog baby on Friday morning to something where I was like, I honestly don't know what to expect. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this. Um, this. This is one of those things that happens where when you're under a time crunch and you have to improvise, sometimes things come out much better than they would if you had spent all this time planning it. Um, and it certainly was the case tonight. Well, I hit you guys with a breaking news podcast on Friday. It's been a while since we've done one of those, but I thought this was definitely worthy, and the numbers reflected that. So I want to thank you guys for supporting that show in particular because that gives me motivation to do more things like that. I might do more videos based on uh, news stories and the like. 
But we have this WWE TLC show to talk about. Uh, programming note, we don't have a post-MMA show next weekend, but uh, the weekend after that is UFC 217, the return of George St. Pierre, three title fights. Make sure you all don't miss that one. Also, myself and Showdown Joe did a post-show after UFC Poland last night uh, and Bellator 185 on Friday. Donald Cerrone got upset by Darren Teal, major prospect in MMA right there. That's one that you all are going to be hearing about uh, for years to come. So the pre-show, not a lot happened, but I wanted to point out how great Drew Gulak was here. I'm thinking that they probably never planned for him to have this presentation, but Alex, I think him having it canceled was the best possible thing that could have happened because it got me the line, do you know how long it takes to run 277 slides? And Peter Rosenberg, to his credit, goes, yeah, a long time. That's why you got cut. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, Drew Gulak is doing yeoman's work on 205 Live. He rarely ever wrestles, and he's usually one of the top two or three things on the show. He's he's great, and I'm glad he got a chance to like show what he can do on a on a on a site, you know, on a, in a setting where he's going to be viewed by more people, and maybe you know people will realize that this guy's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love we, what we've seen. Does. We've seen that format work with Brizongo with Fashion Files. They're more mm-hmm. over than they've ever been because of this. Anna, did anything else stick out to you on on the pre-show? I, I liked Emma's promo, and uh, before we got into the match, obviously the uh, Banks Fox match. I was just personally outraged that we didn't get to see the presentation. I would like to write a formal letter of complaint. I've never really been one for politics, but um, this is this is the man that I will vote for. And they took that away from me tonight. So um, that was the pay-per-view for me, really. <laughs> well, the, the, the action started off with Sasha Banks defeating Alicia Fox. There were some nice spots in this match, but there were also some some points of inactivity, like a couple of like feigning count-out spots and uh, Alicia Fox trying to beg off, but she is really committed to her role, and I, I like this match. I post my match ratings every morning after the pay-per-views, Raw and SmackDown. And um, my rating scale is a little bit, bit, yeah, a little bit different from most people. Mine kind of start at five, and I move them from there. I didn't have a lot on this show going below five. This was uh, very good. I love the the drop kick off the fake handshake from Sasha. That looked good. Sasha gets a submission win after a good opener that got some time. I thought it was productive for all involved. What did you think, Anna? This is the first of three women's match matches that all delivered, in my opinion. I thought this was a great match. It was a great way to start off the show. Booker T put it perfectly. Um, talking about Alicia Fox, he said, she goes from being crazy to technical all at the drop of a hat. Yeah. That basically sums her up in one sense, and she deserves a spotlight tenfold. It doesn't really matter if she wins or loses, as long as she keeps getting put in these positions and we keep seeing her – She's magic. It's like what I used to envision Bray Wyatt a little bit. Like he's the kind of kind of character that didn't really care if he won or lost. I see that with Alicia yeah. Fox. Only she probably would care, but I don't think it damages her character at all. Alex, no, you... it works. oh sorry, I was just gonna say it works. I mean, she has a yeah. personality. She has a character. She has the in ring. She's just she brings it, and she's probably got the most in depth and well, maybe not in depth, but interesting character in the women's division in my opinion on the main roster she does it really well 
Alex, what did you think of this opening match? Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought at the time that I was not going to be surprised if this was far and away the best women's match on the card. Uh, simply because I didn't think Blissa and Mickey were going to deliver. And I thought the Asuka match was going to be less than two minutes. I was wrong on both counts. And this match still might have been the best female match, but it was, I mean, Alicia Fox is low-key MVP the past couple of weeks. She's been like, great. That spot on the outside where she had just been drop-kicked in the face and she thought her lip might have been bleeding. So she tried to look down at the inside of her mouth, realized she was bleeding, and then flipped out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's such high-quality work. I can't even begin to describe it. I love everything that she does. She, she absolutely deserves to be in a slot like Natalia is in on SmackDown. Like, yeah. a, like a top contender in the heel side on one of the brands. That's where she belongs. There's nowhere for her here, but if she was on SmackDown, I feel like she would deliver over there. Fightful writer David Bixenspan tweeted the, like, was this better than Melina versus Alicia Fox? And I was like, man, that line came from Tough Enough in early 2011, <laughs> which shows, I mean, that was almost seven years ago. Yeah. And Alicia Fox was around well before that. So, man, shout outs to her because she just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, Asuka defeated Emma. Uh, now, I had tweeted, like, Asuka doesn't wrestle a lot on TV, so that music and that entrance, to me, are synonymous with, like, big fights. Like, I hear that, and I know that I'm about to see a cool match live because I go watch NXT all the time, or I'm about to watch a title match. There were two lines of thinking in this. A lot of people thought that maybe uh, Asuka should have won in two minutes, and I had a lot of people say it didn't live up to the hype of her being uh, dominant and undefeated, to which I replied, well, she won the match, so it did live up to the hype of her being undefeated. But there's also another line of thinking that now she's in the big leagues and things are going to come a little bit tougher. We don't know what direction they're going to go, but Emma gave her all she could handle tonight. They both looked great. Emma got a ton of offense. I didn't have a problem with Asuka selling because the crowd loved it. The crowd ate it up. The crowd was going crazy for an Asuka comeback. Like, that's weird for me to think that we're sitting here at the end of 2017 and the crowd is like, Channing, let's go Asuka while Emma's beating her ass. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Asuka hits the the sick leg trap suplex. Uh, she ends up winning. Alex, your thoughts on this and the direction they went. Also, do you think an agent maybe should have said, hey, don't use that ankle lock tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, although they, they point out Asuka's used it for years. Maybe it's of one of the things, you know, like – Okay. Forgivable. Yeah. Uh, the the thing with this is that, yeah, I expected a quick match because I that's usually what they do. If they want to present a monster, you have them show up. And it's not like Emma's uh, somebody to be protected. So you figure it was going to be, be over fairly quick. But in what they did, you forget that Asuka didn't win squash matches. I mean, she, she beat Liv Morgan in like a second and a half one time. But... Mm-hmm. That was to prove a point. Other matches she's she's had, she you know she beats people in like eight minutes. It in the always they get some shine on her, and that's 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 how it works. So um, this was kind of what Emma do, what what Oscar does, and Emma had the chance to look fantastic in this in defeat. Um, so I was totally fine with it. I do worry 
because of what their their track record on the main roster that it might be a thing where they're like, yeah, you thought it was going to be easy coming in here, Oscar, didn't you? But we're on the where the, where the big girls play now, and now you got to really work for it. And like, I don't like that so much. I also worry because of how poorly they've handled Shinsuke Nakamura since mm-hmm. he's been up. And well, they kept I think saying, Shinsuke Nakamura has poorly handled Shinsuke Nakamura quite a bit as well. That's true, but they all but it. I saw a lot of people complaining that it sounded it felt like the Dolph Ziggler uh, Shinsuke Nakamura matches. Like it felt like th- that he just couldn't get any momentum and all that kind of stuff. And whether or not that's Shinsuke, I, I don't like that they kept they they referred to as, her as unique way too many times. Um, like, don't worry, this is the only one of these we have here. If you don't like her, there are other ones that you you could like differently. Just felt like they were hedging their bets with her too much. I would like to see Bailey, uh, w- if they do address this, Bailey come up and say, "Yeah, it is harder up here because we've seen that out of her." Anna, Oscar versus Emma. Which way did you think this should have went as it pertains to the layout of the match? And uh, what do you think about Oscar on the main roster? Uh, well, I've tweeted that I'm not ready for what Raw is going to attempt to do with Oscar booking wise. I just don't trust them with her. Um, but watching her entrance tonight was just awesome. It was, you're right. It, it has, she has that main event feel and she brings it in the ring to qualify that main event feel. Um, and that's the place she deserves to be. And I really hope that they get her there. They don't delay it and they don't screw this up because they have something so special with her. In terms of the match length, I didn't really have a problem with it. I think the way that they set up the vignettes, it did lead to people assuming that it was going to be a squash. Um, I'm glad it wasn't for the sake that if it was, it kind of already paints them in a corner as to having to take off with Oscar straight away, which might be contradicting what I just said. But I think they need to really think about what they're going to do with her and handle her. It, yeah, I'm just worried about that. Um, but it also didn't squash Emma. It made yeah, it made her look really great. And I think there is still some stock in Emma. Um, and maybe they're about to forgive her for the Emmalina thing and we can start seeing something. Maybe that's just me getting my hopes up. But I don't think I, tonight I really her like changes it. at all, the way that she performed. No. And the kind of match they had and the way that she was able to get Asuka over in the way that apparently they wanted her to be over. So that was yeah. very good. Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan defeated Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick. Alexander and Swan were matching gear. Cedric early seemed like keen on destroying his own knee with that Tope Hilo and the Tilt-A-World backbreaker. Like I was like, man, he's going to dislocate his kneecap or something. Gallagher had some mean-looking stomps. Also, I noted that Vic Joseph sounded good on commentary. He's not, like, completely WWE outed yet, like, so he's he's still pretty good. Kendrick lands a nice overhead suplex on Swan. Inside the ring, there's a captain's hook, a phoenix splash, a nasty headbutt, and then the lumbar check gets it done. I think this is how you have cruiserweights wrestle on Raw if you want him to get over, like this. Not the not the two-minute chin lock or the, the sitting side headlock forever, let them go balls of the wall. Let them be a little bit different. Anna, uh, Alexander, and Swan get the win. Was that the right way to go? Because most people on Raw, either one of these teams could have won, and they wouldn't have known any better last mm-hmm. week or tomorrow. But I thought the match was good. The crowd was into it. 
everybody got over and did their thing. Yeah, I think all four guys did a really great job. There was some beautiful work happening. This is, you're right, this is how they should do it. But at the same time, I was thinking that watching the match, but then, you know, it's kind of synonymous with cruiserweights are doing these high spots all the time. But the problem with the touring schedules is they physically can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess you just have to mix it up for the house shows compared to, you know, actual raw tapings. But there's just so much talent on this roster. And I really, I don't want 205 to tank. These guys deserve so much more than that. And I hope stuff like this, you know, at least they're actually on the show tonight. And I just hope that it helps getting them over and getting the show over. Alex, you covered the Cruiserweight Classic. This was, I, I if you were to give me a list of maybe five non-title matches on Raw or pay-per-view since then that should be an example of how I would book the Cruiserweights, this would be up there because it was fast, it was furious. It was the cruiserweight division. It is a time filler ultimately, but this was a fun one. Oh yeah, no, this is this is how you do this. Uh, you get them a showcase and you let them really show what they can do. Um, Gallagher as a heel has been a revelation. He was a lot of fun as the dude in the uh, hot air balloon trunks. You know, oh, he's cute, but now. He's a Sherlock Holmes villain, and I love him. Um, him and Kendrick are really fun together. And you want to talk about fun together. Alexander and Swan are so great. Like, they 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 work so well together. These guys should actually be in the tag division. Why are they not having tag matches against other people? I would love to see these two dudes against Gallows and Anderson. That would be a lot of fun. Like, the fact that they sequester all guys under 205 pounds – somewhere else and they're not allowed to touch anybody else it just that's boggles my mind the cruiserweight championship should be there that they can fight for but if they're not in that title picture they're doing nothing so why not why aren't these guys allowed to compete uh in the tag division i mean maybe they'll get their asses handed to them because they're so small but yeah. maybe they won't and they'll they, they, that should be explained too let right. that be an exception yeah let it be the exception if if you all want to compete with heavyweights you can do it in the tag team division otherwise you've signed a cruiserweight contract right because and i would have a couple of those cruiserweights say that like uh kurt you put yourself in a match you can you can give us some breathing room i think that's a, a great idea a brilliant idea and i think swan and alexander you put swan and alexander in there with gallows and anderson gallows and anderson are going to have a completely different kind of match than they've ever had with anybody on this roster yep and that's i think that's what we need Alexa Bliss defeated Mickey James, who gets around really well for a woman who got hit by a train a couple years ago. Um, so good for her. You know, I, I try not to bring up the flappy pants on, like, every show because it's running it into the ground. But she, like, called up some denim hacker and was like, hey, you mind modding these jeans for me? <laughs> and not only that, Anna, like... You you got a new gig, kind of, and, and I'm not going to go into details. I don't know what you can announce, but if you were out there performing, you would need, like, you don't want wind resistance on those flaps on your <laughs> pants, right? So they were sheer. So they they were like, it's like from Pineapple Express when Dan McBride reveals that he doesn't have armpit hair. And Seth Rogen goes, what's the significance of that? And he goes, it makes me more aerodynamic when I fight. 
<laughs> she did that with her flappy pants. She made them more aerodynamic for when she fought. And I guess at her age, she needs every advantage she can get, apparently. But Oh, yeah, anyway. yeah. Old Lady yeah. James at 38 um, <laughs> up against Little Girl Bliss at 26. Yeah. Uh. So before this, Alexa Bliss talks about her butt and how she likes it. In the middle of the match, Mickey smacks it. I think without verbally trying, they're trying – because if they, they out and out say it, then Michael Cole sounds like a creep, but I think they want to get a biscuit butt chant going. Is that what they're trying to do here, Anna? I think that's what they're trying to push. Look, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, biscuit butt. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's so creepy. Um, I read it as more, you know, like parents sometimes whack their kids on the butt when they've been naughty, <laughs> and that was kind of the intention behind that. I hope that was the intention behind well, that over anything else. Well, then, I mean, this isn't like completely unlike Mickey James. At WrestleMania in 2006, she got yeah. in some sh- well, I, I'm, I'm trying not to curse on the show. I don't want to get demonetized, but she got in some trouble. Talking for, about this will get you there anyway. For some stuff she did. Yeah. Uh, I will say Mickey hasn't looked this quick and athletic in a long time. There was this opening series where she kept up like four times in a row. It looked awesome. The match goes into a bit of a slower pace, but it was a really good one. There's a Mickey Canrana that leads into this great series of slaps and reversals and counters with, like, missed kicks and punches that goes into a double knockdown. This show did an exceptional job of keeping me interested in people that I knew had no chance in winning their matches. And this was one of them. Uh, Bliss hits a sunset bomb that looked doomed from the beginning but ended up okay. A Mickey, dro- Mickey James dropkick doesn't, though. It misses by a mile. Crowd starts chanting, we want tables. I don't know why, because this match was really good, in my opinion. Uh, Alexa suckers Mickey in, scores a DDT, gets the win. I love the hell out of this match, Alex. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I like the match. Uh, I believe Mickey James was deliberately trolling you personally. Sean Rassap with the flappy pants, uh, she doctored them on purpose they weren't made that way she took a pair of regular jeans and then added flappiness to them her whole family's doing it like magnus is out feuding with the 52 year old (laughs) nwa world champion that i always make fun of now like they're all doing i'm waiting i'm I'm just i mean her kid's gonna do something can her kid walk or talk yet because they're all i'm sure it's almost at trolling age yeah it might be uh i i also like the match um uh, there was some good stuff to it. Um, you know, again, it delivered more than I thought it was going to. Uh, the the we want tables thing at the end, I chose to see that as more of a general request, simply because <laughs> TLC usually has a tables match, a ladder match, and a chairs match, and we got none of those things. We got one TLC match, which I think was was originally designed to make that match seem more special. Yeah, because because it was the, the this also the reunion of the Shield or whatever. But now there's no reason why Enzo and Kalisto couldn't have been in a ladder match for the for the Cruiserweight Championship. There's no reason why anything like also Alexa Bliss we forget first won her SmackDown Women's Championship in a tables match at last year's TLC. That could be her specialty. She could say I'm undefeated in tables matches. That could be a fun thing that she could do because she's the smallest woman and finding her way to get somebody in, in through a table as the smallest one 
could be fun for her to do. Um, so yeah, I, I was always wondering why they weren't having those other gimmick no DQ matches. And maybe it was like, we want tables, you know, in general, this match is fun. But as a request, maybe next year, could we have the tables match again? I guess, but, uh, I guess, I guess we would like some tables, please. Doesn't play as well. On the <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. Anna, anything to add to this? Yeah, I thought this was a great match. They both brought it. They both looked like it, it, it could have gone either way. And given I've, I've hated the angle of this from the beginning, I think it's stupid as hell, but both women took it and ran with it and did a great job, and they did a great job with the storytelling in this match of that as well, I thought. Um, I, I guess it was always going to go this way, but Mickey James, she looked fantastic tonight. Did anybody else uh, get the the feel from the post match promo of Mickey James? Like I'm going to take a couple months off. I thought so. Mm-hmm. See, I thought I yeah. thought we were about to see a retirement. Yeah, it felt like I mean, it felt like that until she said, "I'll, I'll this is not my last championship yeah. match or whatever." But it did feel like maybe she's going to go play mom for a little bit, which is That's totally fine. within her rights to do that. Um, Holiday but, season? Why not? Give her give exactly. her some time off. She's yeah. worked a, she worked she a could, good schedule. She worked a hell of a match. Yeah, she could come back at like Royal Rumble time to a big pop. In a Royal Rumble, if they do a women's Royal Rumble, that, I think that would be fantastic. That would be huge. That would be really cool for her to do that, yeah. It'd be really, really good. Enzo Amore defeated Kalisto to become a two-time WWE Cruiserweight champion. <laughs> I tweeted that Enzo was like, ha, I got kicked out of the locker room, but at least they can't get me sick. Oh, wait. Because he sounded <laughs> sick. Uh, this, is, this match is okay. Um, ironically, the Cruiserweight Championship match was maybe the slowest-paced match on the show. Kalisto knocked the hell out of Enzo on that dive to the outside. And I'm sitting there thinking, hey, he's got some concussion problems. Maybe, maybe don't maybe ease up a little bit. He's he's your meal ticket in that division. Yeah. So let's let's chill a little bit. Enzo's themed like sports themed strikes, I'm a big fan of those. Like the the football kick and the baseball punch. I love those because it's so douchebaggy. <laughs> it's so douchebaggy, and it fits him. <laughs> you get him a a leopard stripe or leopard printed strap to go with that title, and I'm I'm completely maybe even like fur all around the belt mm. or something. Enzo wins. Uh, he uses a foreign object and gets the finish. I think that flying DDT should finish people if he's going to use it, but whatever. Anna, not a whole lot to this match, but it wasn't terrible. I didn't think, but uh, what'd you think? It's a DDG, by the way. I know it is. I'm trying to avoid <laughs> yeah. using that term. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here is the part where I give Enzo props against my better judgment. Um, watching him on Tour 5 the last few weeks, I don't enjoy what I – mean, I, I think he's doing a great job in this role. He is great on the mic. He is great at getting heat, and he has a beautiful disdain for the entire crowd that I love. Having said that, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, Neville, but also I don't think he needs a belt. He didn't need it back tonight. He's he's doing this and he can do this without that belt. And I guess they wanted to keep him in that spot. And I guess they're going on to Mustafa Ali now with him. It, it just it was unnecessary. Um, but whatever. I think there are more good baby faces for him to work than. Then Kalisto has good heels to work right now because yeah. 
Gallagher and Kendrick and like whether they have DJP on there, I, I don't know. But on the babyface side, you got Ali, you have Rich Swan, you have Cedric Alexander. I would love to see all three of those guys have good programs with it. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enzo, Alex, yeah. uh, cruiserweight championship match. Um, yeah, uh, I agree uh, with Anna. Uh, Enzo is doing really, really, really great work. In that he makes me hate him, and that's what he's spo- like. This is the one thing of like this is where I'm actually like fully being worked because not only do I like like he's be a great heel and everything, but I I like my cruiserweights as wrestlers and not as like, you know, personalities. Um, that's fine in the tag division, you know, when you've got a big dude who does all your work for you. But in this, like, I think he's doing great stuff. Like you say, like the, the sports theme strikes, a lot of fun. Uh, all that stuff is really great. But um, I'd much prefer to see a Neville versus Mustafa Ali type of a match that I never got Good to luck. see. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. That's what I, I was always waiting for that Neville Mustafa, Neville Cedric programs that we never got um, and we're never going to get. And that makes me even angrier at Enzo, um, even though that's not his fault. It's just like I, I think of all these things that I wanted to have, have gotten and uh, won't be. So that's kind of a drag. But um, but there's no fault of what he's doing in the ring. Like the, the way he's it's classic heel stuff. Pull something into the ring that the ref gets distracted by so you can hit him with a thumb to the eye and then hit your finisher. That's classic Ric Flair type stuff. Great. Great. And you're right. There are way more quality baby faces in the Cruiserweight division um, than heels. So the problem is, is that that just means that they're going to have a guys chasing Enzo for months mm. because the, not, the first guy to come up against him is not going to win the title from him. You know? Yeah. Demon Finn Balor defeated AJ Styles. This is one of the scrambles they put together in a couple days' notice. Uh, Bray Wyatt, Sister Abigail, out of the show. This did far better in every measurable way than that match could have done. Awesome reaction just for these two staring at each other. I've been critical of AJ Styles since WrestleMania. I said that he hasn't had any great matches since then. On my scale, my personal scale, 7 out of 10 is considered pretty great. This was my favorite Finn Balor match I've ever seen in WWE, and it was the best AJ Styles match I've seen since WrestleMania. Uh, The only real complaint I have is that Balor got flat out lost when AJ Styles was face down. 
he was like, uh, what do I do here? I got to do a wrestling move. Oh, man. And he got lost for a little bit. Um, he gets a nice tope con Hilo. AJ, his selling just did something. I, I often talk about how elementary I consider Balor's offense. His elementary offense looked not elementary because AJ Styles sold it in a different way. Like he would take a kick and he would tumble, but he would tumble in a little bit of a different manner than, than most people would. After this, I don't know how you don't do like a Team Balor, Team Style Survivor Series match. It was just really, really good. Calf Crusher, phenomenal forearm. Like AJ Styles played all his hits. Demon Balor got out of it. And he flew like 14 hours, something like that, to be here for this match, which I love that they played up after Demon Balor beat him because that gives him a little bit of an excuse. Um, Balor hits the 1916 on Styles. Corey Graves did an awesome job explaining that move, talking about the history of it, that AJ started to use it after Balor left New Japan. And then, uh, as I tweeted, Balor looked like he perforated Styles' colon with a coup de grace. <laughs> that somebody said that he stuck like Kerry Strug in the Olympics. <laughs> they two-sweeted each other to close everything off. This ruled. This was really good. Anna, I, I want to know how you felt about the replacement of, of Wyatt, the match that they put on. Should WWE do this type of stuff maybe a little more often? I, I'm not going to say, like, just throw away pay-per-view plans in two days, but do something different. Like, bring in a different name, like a one-off. It's fine. It can work here, as we see. It's, I what What's going on with Bray and Bo and Roman is horrible. Meningitis mm. is horrible. And I really feel for them, and I really hope they get better soon. But it shouldn't take meningitis for WWE to deliver on booking. Um, like, True. if we didn't have this really horrible virus going around the match for tonight, the card for tonight, it would have just been nothing. And, you know, we would have had the planned battle of two Disney villains. Um, but instead we got a match so beautiful that I'm going to be dreaming about this for months to come because they were both in a spot that they deserve to be in. And they're both facing opponents of equal value. Um, this was just, this was awesome. Everything about this was awesome aside from the meningitis. Um, my only, the only thing I questioned was the need for Finn to come out as the demon for this against Bray Wyatt. I get it. And since coming to the main roster, they've kind of built it up as the demon comes out for special occasions when it's appropriate, when they need to don't think that he needed to with AJ Styles, but I guess also this is another excuse for him to beat AJ by having that extra mythical power thing going on. Um, but that was it. And I guess congratulations to WWE for not bringing out AJ in a dress and veil covered in dirt. Um, <laughs> he already has AJ a soccer Styles, mom there, so. Hey, do not offend the soccer I can't say a lot. I should have worn my headband tonight, but. I was actually considering going as AJ for Halloween, but anyway. Um, <laughs> that was 18 hours on a flight for AJ. You could see he was tired from the promo before the show and even in the ring. And the parts where he was just laid out on the floor, I kind of felt like that was just his bit yeah. of respite. My, I salute that guy. He's incredible. Alex, hit me with your thoughts on this one. Well, here's the thing. Somehow... Just because of 
the way WWE does stuff now, when the replacements were announced on Friday, I was more shocked by AJ Styles replacing Bray Wyatt than I was at like, oh yeah, let's bring in Kurt Angle for the first time in 11 years. Let's clear him finally. I was somehow more shocked they were actually going to have AJ Styles come over from SmackDown and wrestle Finn Balor, the two guys who like led the Bullet Club and one after each other, like and and do this major thing that that wrestling fans all over the world have been wanting to see for years. The fact that WWE go ahead and does that, that's way outside the realm of what they normally do. Like they're like, "Oh, you want that? No, no, we're going to give you what we want." That's different. This was so great. God, this was such a great match. This was two guys at the absolute top of their games. And I agree, Anna, that I thought, well, I don't think he needs to be the demon. But um, I think a lot of it was that they promoted him as being the demon for the match. So that the change of opponent only just changed. It wasn't like Pumpkin Man. He was regular demon, Um, which, you know, I actually kind of wanted to see what kind of train wreck it was going to be. If Bray had been healthy, like uh-huh. just 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 for the crazy, what the hell are they going to do? Thing, I'm sure I would have hated it and just trolled the balls off of it on Twitter. But but I still wanted to see what it was going to be. But this instead gave us one of the matches of the year, like a huge match of like one of one of my favorite matches I've ever seen, just because of what what it kind of the fact that this came out of nowhere. These two guys doing such great work on zero notice because like. Styles is in like the south end of South America for for the past couple of days since they actually announced this thing. It was like he and Finn were working out stuff in the ring before this. Like it's just amazing what these two guys did. Um I, I, I absolutely love this match. The right guy won, and, and Sean is right. Um they have to do a team Finn versus team AJ match as far as series. It has to happen. Let me ask you, Alex, do you think they do the two sweet if this whole situation between Bullet Club and them hadn't happened over the past I think, week? I think the fact that it has been happening guaranteed that they would That's do it. But if it hadn't been happening, I still think they do it because because those two guys know what that means to their core audience. AJ and, and Finn are global wrestling superstars first. Mm-hmm. And then WWE superstars. They know what it means to have those two, to have them do the two sweet to each other in the middle of a WWE ring. They know what that is. Shout out to the 475 people who responded to the tweet that I posted of the Young Bucks being paid by WWE nine years ago to portray Shawn Michaels and Triple H by saying, they they still do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well. They don't do anything original. They're just knockoffs. Uh, eh. oh. Jason Jordan versus Elias. This sucked. This was yep. bad. So what we're not going to do is talk about the match at all. Cool. We're not going to talk about it. Instead, we're going to talk about the creative genius that is Jason Jordan heaving produce at Elias. My only question is, Alex, do people start bringing, like, tomatoes to the show? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, they might open up a can of worms on this one. Uh, 
Yeah. Or a can I mean, of tomatoes. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the, the thing about it, there was the, the major deal everyone was talking about. was like, oh, they're going to do a bait and switch. Jason Jordan's going to come in. He's going to wrestle like Kurt Angle. You know it's a WWE thing to do. They, right. they oh. you know they would have. Oh. oh, it totally is. But, like, when you announce, hey, Kurt's going to wrestle, and you get everyone so excited about that, and then you bait and switch us and put in Jason Jordan, who the fans already hate, like, they would, tr- they would just boo this match like crazy. Of course. And they, wouldn't, they don't want them to do that. So this is a terrible thing to do. So when he came out in his gear throwing produce at Elias Sampson where they had no match announced, I was like, he, they better be having yeah. a match later tonight. And thank God they were. But not thank God because the match was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. Worst match of the show. Anna, will we see Jason Jordan throw corn at Elias, which prompts Elias to scream, you're corny? I want bigger things for Elias. Like, just look at the guy. He's got the personality. So not baby. He's a beast. Uh, like, Jason Jordan, he, he threw kale. I know That's he a threw a prize winning pumpkin for the season. He threw kale. That was his first offense. He threw kale. It was kind of like watching Dennis the Menace tormenting Mr. Wilson, except it was really heartwarming to see Mr. Wilson just tear this guy apart. (laughs) Elias, I will walk with Elias. I'll happily walk with Elias. Jason Jordan, he's healed. He's just, there is something going on and it's coming out natural heel. Just let him be a beautiful butterfly heel and be done with this. TLC handicap match main event. This match was all over the place, and I loved it. It was everything that I wanted. It was a mess. It was sloppy, and I really, really liked it. So at first I was like, all right, come on now. You got to have Kurt Angle's theme in pyro. Well, there was a reason they didn't do that. We'll get to that later. I have a lot of notes on this. Kane early was being very gentle with Kurt, and Kurt did not return the favor in any way, (laughs) shape, or form. You can tell he had not swung a chair WWE style in 11 years because <laughs> he had to avoid the head but had to hit him in the back. He also forgot how to use ladders, which was extremely entertaining. Ambrose and Rollins dive off of ladders through tables onto Kane and Strowman. Kurt Angle doesn't bump till about six, seven minutes in. Anna, did you think at this point, I was thinking maybe he doesn't bump at all in this match. What went through your head the first time you saw Cesaro and Sheamus hit those ropes and you knew Kurt Angle was going flat back? I knew it was coming at some point. Uh, The thing about this match, as entertaining as it was and um, confusing slightly as it was, there was one storyline that it started and then was taken out for a while as Angle went out and then came back at the end of the shield protecting Kurt Angle. And I absolutely loved it. And it was for good reason that they were doing so in reality, but it, it worked everybody. really well for the story. Huh? It, it hooked everybody from people yeah, who watched so the well. show to people who haven't watched WWE in those 11 years since he's been there. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that they had more of that to go off, um, get why they, you know, took him out for a while, but it just, it evolved into chaos very quickly. And not a lot of logic. 
We get German suplexes from Kurt Angle, and he gets that terrible zoom camera treatment, which you should never do in general. But especially, they hadn't done that to Kurt Angle before. He's not thrown German suplexes with that stupid camera. He then applies an ankle lock on Kane. Braun breaks it up. And then Angle gets power slammed through a table. A sick. And the trainers came down there, and they held on to, or they had Kurt Angle, like, grip their hands as, you know, to squeeze and make sure he was okay. Alex, any doubt in your mind that, that Angle was maybe okay at that point? He he plays the man, I'm loopy look very, very well. Like, they kept on talking about 11 years. In the, like, they, Booker roasted him. I thought yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, man, man. <laughs> Booker, Booker hilarious. went. He, he called Kurt Angle pathetic. It was great. Kurt Angle hates Booker T hates Kurt Angle more than he hates Jason Jordan, and that's a lot. (laughs) Like it was, it was like Booker T was went in on this whole deal. Um, everyone kept talking about how, like, on the commentary team, they like they wanted to say like Kurt Angle hadn't been in a ring, like hadn't seen action in eleven eleven years. Well, no, like he was at TNA for a long time, and he was he was on the Indies, um, and he was like wrestling in. March, like he was doing stuff when he was wrestling Cody Rhodes. They had a cage match. Like he, this guy's been wrestling, so I didn't. I mean, I felt like some of the bumps he was going to take in a TLC match would be harder than regular ones. Well, well Booker brought that up too. <laughs> Add that to the <laughs> list of things that yeah. like he doesn't care about. I love this dude. Like uh, <laughs> Stone Osborne brought up how he said that he was going to need a vacation after something, and Michael Cole was like, "You work one day a week." Yeah. Like, what? You show up here. You don't do any prep. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The, the power slam to the table made me made me pull a face. Oh, yeah. um, uh, I, I I just he's he's he's, he's an older gentleman. Yes, he's he got is. he's got about ten years on Mickey James, and she's ancient. So you why, know why isn't Jason Jordan out here checking on his dad? I don't know. There's a whole in every plot line. Yeah, that's that's true, Anna. He is a heel. That's the same John Cena stuff that they pulled for years. Why didn't John Cena come and check on anybody? Why didn't he help anybody? But when when he needed some help, there was crime time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a monumental ass kicking is given to Ambrose and Rollins. Then Kane accidentally hits Strowman with a chair, and Strowman like just shoves Kane in like the most dismissive, punked out manner that we've never seen Kane done to anymore. Well, he ends up not getting punked out. We'll talk about that later. Cesaro and Sheamus took no care of Dean Ambrose at all on this uh, crucifix failed powerbomb, but then Strowman's like, let me show you how to do it, and heaves Ambrose through a table. Uh, these tables were gimmicked very badly, all of them. It looked really bad. Miz brings out a garbage truck. A garbage truck, yeah. Uh, I was hoping that Braun only saved Kane from Ambrose and Rollins so he could kick his ass himself. But after he does, Kane beats him up, choke slams him off a table, drops a bunch of chairs on him. A few minutes later, Braun Strowman got up. And I'm going to address this because a lot of people said, only one F5? Well, you know, he didn't wait. Brock Lesnar didn't F5 him and then wait three and a half to four minutes before pinning him either. Maybe it built up his immunity. I don't know. But uh, you're, this isn't like – I didn't think this was bad. Miz played this great, Anna. He was down on his knees begging Braun Strowman to just leave or do something else. 
anything besides what was going through his mind at that point. Miz was the acting MVP of this match. The you know we're talking about for going live on air. He was the only person to give a shit about the fact that they just put a guy in a trash compactor and possibly killed him. Uh, like at least we got the really cool shot of the chairs just like raining down on Strowman. But if that was the only reason they did that spot to get the cool camera angle, I mean I, that was something, I guess. But. It, that was at the point where my entire Twitter timeline was just like, what is going on? Why, why is this happening now? Yeah. Do, do we think they missed a thing? Cause, cause the thing happened in the ring seemed to have been fully resolved. And then yeah, Kane just turned on Strowman and there was no, I think that, Kane was you know? upset that he was like, his return was overlooked. Yeah, maybe that was okay. my reading of it. The, the announce team had no idea what was going on either. Like, why, Kane? Why? Um, my favorite bit of acting was the Kane face when Braun got up. Like, he did the, the head cock dog thing where he just yeah. couldn't believe what he was looking at. That was great. Um, it's a call back to 20 years ago. He did that in the first uh, his first appearance. It's perfect. Um, uh, the whole thing with, like, that Kane turned on Braun... But it wasn't like a full face turn because he still beat up Seth and Dean. He just hates Braun. Uh, and then Braun comes back and he beats up everybody. He hates everybody, which I totally, totally respect because it's Braun versus all. Um, they wind up putting oh, Braun. Braun. <laughs> they, they put Braun in the, in the trash compactor and they kill him. They murder, they murder Braun Strowman. Um, but of course they didn't. And the only person who was aware that Braun is not dead and he's coming back for a day of reckoning is the Miz because he oh, he's looking back over his shoulder going, he's going to climb out of that garbage truck and then I'm a dead man. Yeah. So I love that that's, he's the only one who's concerned about it. I love how concerned he was and I cannot wait for Braun to get his sweet, sweet vengeance yeah. on all of these. Oh, he's, he's driving that garbage truck back <laughs> to wherever yeah. he shows up at. Yeah, absolutely um, is. Kurt Angle comes back to his music, whips a bunch of ass. He dead weight, like Seamus dead weights in midair. And Angle's like, no, son, you're still going over. And then he, he Angle slams Cesaro through the table. Triple power bomb, finish. He came back to his music as well. Anna, the close of this match was just fun. It was a good time. I loved it. What'd you think? They gave Papa the win and... That was a really nice story wrapped up despite the very large intermission in, in, the, in the middle. Um, it did get to the point where even the commentators were like, so someone please end this. What is going on? Why is this still continuing? It did feel a little bit like that. Um, it wasn't like it was boring. It was just, it was overstimulation uh, with not a lot of logic and logic yeah. is my favorite thing. Um, I did laugh at the crowd when they were chanting USA chants at Kurt Angle against The Miz, also from America. Um, but aside from that, my lasting question is, did someone please check on Braun and tell us if he's okay? No, nah, they don't need to do that. I'll check on him. Yep, he's cool. <laughs> he's fine. He'll be all right. <laughs> Alex, oh Alex, what do you think of the close of this show? Kurt Angle, like, kind of, I, I thought he said something like one more at the end. 
Um, I, uh, maybe I don't know. Kurt Angle kicked by, out. By the, the way, somebody was harassing me on Twitter. How do you know they didn't want to clear Kurt Angle? Because I haven't lived under a rock for the yeah, last. Of course, few of course years. they didn't want to like, kill it. Yeah. Very, no. very. They didn't want to. They were forced. That they weren't going to do this if viral yeah. meningitis didn't happen. Right. They they might have done eventually, but sure. it certainly wasn't going to happen now. No. Um, the the Kurt Angle kicked out of that first skull crushing finale at two point nine 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 seconds. Then he took on his forehead. By the way, oh, oh man, he took. Oh jeez. Um, that that was a huge near fall. It was such so great. Uh, here's the thing: when they when they booked Kurt Angle for this match, they had a very clear way of saying, "Okay, well, you know, there wasn't. It's not the real Shield, so they can't beat five guys." I honestly want to know how they were going to book this whole match if Roman had been in the thing. I don't think you wind up having Kane and Strowman have a fight for no reason, and Strowman get put in a damn garbage truck. Um, if you have Roman there, because Roman's supposed to beat everybody. So I don't know what they do with this, but it was a very easy way for them to get out of having the Shield win this match by having, you know, just the damn numbers game took over. But nope, the good guys wins, everybody home happy, and Kurt Angle gets gets a pinfall. That was a lot of fun. Um, Kurt Angle proved he can still go, like more than go. Um, I hope they, they use him sparingly. More sparingly than they have Shane O'Mac do matches, yeah. but I do think he's got like. If, oh, I mean, I could I could see a Survivor Series Kurt Angle versus Shane O'Mac team. That could be fun. I mean, that's yeah. that's also a callback to years yeah. years before. Yeah, but but Daniel Bryan is tweeting out stuff on Twitter where he's like, "Okay, seriously, everyone said yeah. he could they were going to get cleared, and they cleared him, and he just won a main event match." Just saying. Like Daniel Bryan's, Daniel Bryan's out there going like, "Come on, this yeah. is this is crazy now." As, as we close the show, Anna, who you all can follow at Anna Boward on Twitter, give me your lasting impressions of this show. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I think that was a great ad for WWE 2K18 with the customizable character at the end of Kurt Angle coming out in Shield attire. Um, and I did just buy an Xbox over the weekend just to play WWE 2K18. That was it. So, yeah. Alex, we got at Palowski the fourth, by the way, guys. Yes, yes. Follow me at Palowski the fourth. Um, I I thought this was going to be one of the worst shows of the year mm-hmm. before meningitis took hold. And <laughs> and it wound up being one of my most fun times watching a show. Yeah, this um, overwhelming sense of optimism just came over the show on Friday. And that I hate that. I hate that because Bray Wyatt could be a compelling character. Yeah. Roman Reigns could be a compelling character and is a good in-ring worker. Right. That shouldn't be the case no. when you've got talent like that. It's sad that throwing something up against the wall with two days left is better than what they've written. And they can do literally anything they want. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, guys, I want to thank you all so much for making Friday the most watched uh, breaking news live podcast I've ever done. Also, tonight, our most watched live podcast, period, that we've ever done following a WWE show. So thank you all for that. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online cross-platform. Go give us a like on Facebook, please. Uh, li- uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. And, of course, visit Fightful.com for all your news. Until next time, guys, we're out. 
Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 